welcome to My Faculty Podcast at Walden University, created to provide further professional development and conversations relevant to faculty interests. This podcast is brought to you by the Center for Research Quality. This is Lee Stoutlander. In today's podcast, I'm going to illustrate how to talk to a beginning dissertation student about their project. I'll be talking to one of my students, Yassi, about her idea for a project for her dissertation. Please notice that as we talk, I'll be having her clarify her problem, purpose, and her research questions. I will also get her thinking about how she might recruit her sample. So hi, Yassi. Thank you for meeting with me today. Sure, Dr. Stadlander. I'm glad to help you out with this. So why don't you tell me about your study? Well, I'm trying to do the study that I'm thinking about is is for the children, uh, the women that have come in this country and have been subjected to medical anesthetics for FGM, fetal genital mutilation. I think it's very important that healthcare providers in this country um, understand the results of that, understand the detrimental part of it and how they can help their women. Um, either prevented or helped the women from having better childbirth in this country. Isn't that illegal? It is illegal in this country, but people are getting getting away with it um, underground, basically. Some doctors are being paid underground for it. So it's kind of like on the same level as um, trafficking, human trafficking, mm-hmm. but these girls are told when they come from other countries that they're going to have a party and it's a rite of passage and they're going to get here. But instead of having to be hurt in their country, they're going to have it under anesthesia so they won't feel any pain. And when they wake up, it's going to be sewn down there. And they're told that by who? By their mothers or their grandmothers okay. or, you know, somebody in their family. Okay. So let me see if I'm understanding what you're saying then. So it would be immigrant adults who had the female genital mutilation done in the U.S. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. And how would you find them? Well, I would do, um, possibly would do a survey on survivors of FGM. And I might do something like maybe do a, um, a general study and write, maybe do surveys on them and ask some questions of the survivors. And, but how would you get them? I mean, it seems like a really narrow group. Well, I would maybe see, basically what I could do is I could go to the, um, like put flyers up in the doctor's offices, specifically in the minority communities. I would maybe go to the um, organizations that they have downtown. You know, they can go to the minority places downtowns in our city. Um, I could call the immigration offices and find out where they are. I could even go to places where they teach. English as a second language and put flyers up. Um, So are you at all concerned that they may not speak English? I am concerned about that, but 
most of them that I have come across of immigrants, they are learn English. There's a very few that I have come across that don't speak English. So would you look at particular countries or? I would, I would look at particular African countries, specifically in the central African region um, and the northern region, because those are the plain places that have women that are subjected to this. Okay. And so what are you interested in finding out about? Well, I'm, I'm interested in finding out um, why this still happens in the United States. Why is it happening here? when it's illegal and why are the mothers bringing their children to this country to have it done and then they take it the children back home why is it still happening why wait not if they're taking them home then they wouldn't be here right what they're doing is they're coming in this country living for a little while in this country having this pr procedure done and then taking the kids back home um for and then coming back I can't stay here with immigration. They have to come here, have the procedure done, go back for a little while, and then come back. Why? Because of the way the immigration status is and the reason. They're actually telling the government they're coming here for a health reason. Their child has a health problem. Okay. And they're coming to this country to have the procedure done, and then they're going to go back home. Okay. But then it's the coming back I'm having problems with. Yeah, they come back here and then they want to establish residency and they want to become a citizen here in this country. So now we're talking about the children coming back. The parents and the children coming back. Okay. These are adults. These are ages, teenagers. These are ages 15, 16, up until they can be up until the time they got married. That age, that range of people. Okay, so we are having, they have to be over 18 to be in your study. So right. they will have at some point or other been to the U.S., had surgery, gone back home, then come back here as an immigrant. Yes, ma'am. Yes, Dr. Lee, exactly. So do you have any idea as to how many we're talking about? Well, I was thinking more in the lines of, let's say, no, I mean, 25. how many people have done it? I mean, how many people are in your population? Well, the thing about it is in my population of people, it's been over 100 to plus people. This goes on like one in five people, women, you know, have this done. I mean, I'm just saying that this is really prevalent in that population of people. And it's almost like every time you talk to someone, if you know the words to say and how to say it, they'll even open up to you what's happened. A lot of times it's hush-hush and secret up and no one really knows what's going on. Okay. So let's assume for the moment that you have a reasonably, a reasonable sized population. Now let's okay. think about, so these are the daughters that had the surgery done. So what do you want to know from them? Why is this? I want to know one, why they were subjected to it. And two, I want to know what it is that we can do as healthcare providers to help them survive this horrible, horrible condition that is basically uh, for the rest of their lives, they've got to go through 
um, having problems with their menstrual cycles, having problems with childbirth. It kind of ruins their sexual life with their spouses. And it is really detrimental to them. Why is it that they're still practicing this horrible condition on these women? Why is it that yeah, the see, mothers... I'm sorry, you're being really judgmental on this. I mean, to them, this is a cultural necessity. Yeah. It's, it's a cultural necessity to them, but I, I, my question is, I just want to know why. My question is, why are they still doing it? And also, I want to know from the survivors, what is it that we can do as healthcare providers to help them? Okay, that's a different question than what you were asking before. Okay. So, let's see if we can come up with a research question then. For a qualitative study. Okay. Any um, what about the lived experiences, um, immigrant Ghanaian women who are survivors of FGM and their experience with childbirth in the United States? Where did childbirth come from that hadn't been included before? Or I could say the lived experiences of immigrant Ugandan women who are survivors of FGM in the United States. Okay. But you want them to have had the surgery in the U.S.? Yes, ma'am. Yes. Okay. So lived experience of Ugandan women who have experienced FGM in the United States. Yes. Okay. And we want to know... Do you want them to tell you about that experience? What they remember yes. about it? I, I would, yes. I would like to have one of my um, maybe interview questions to be um, if they could, you know, explain their experience to me mm -hmm. as much as they are comfortable in saying and as detailed as they are comfortable in saying so that we can understand uh what is going on and how we can help them okay so let's say they tell you about the experience of having gone through it what else do you want to know well i also want to know um the the way that um want to know is how would it have been different if they were back home and had that experience versus them having it here in this country okay and you want to try to get at that cultural piece of it of that know, would be what it means very, to them. Yes, that would be very important because I believe that it would help the healthcare workers understand the cultural aspects of it. Mm -hmm. So I, I would want to put like a question in my in my interview guide where I could ask them, um, "What is your cultural belief?" Uh, of this practice or why was this cultural practice established maybe something like that um i think i would so, add it more personal like what does it mean to you to have this that you had this done what does it mean yeah what does it mean um and would you have uh would you yeah what does this mean to have this done but i would I also want to ask them if maybe if they had a daughter ah, and, like um, 
if I would want to ask them, okay, since their mother had it done and they had it done, I would want to ask them, well, if they had a daughter, would they still believe that this practice, would they do the, to come their daughter to this practice? Yeah. Why or why not? So that way, maybe they uh, grew up and they saw what's happening to them and they maybe in their minds are saying, okay, well, this happened to me and my mom did this is cultural, but maybe I don't want this to happen to my daughter. You mm -hmm. never know. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and maybe if they've had any kind of medical issues because of it. Definitely. Medical issues um, in my just preliminary research and reading about this, I've noticed that a lot of medical issues that they've had or like with their urinary tract, a lot of them have had urinary tract infections. They've had problems with their menstrual cycles um, mm -hmm. and which just causes a lot of them to get really sick at times, very painful um, menstruations is what I've read from just the preliminary abstracts and articles to come up with this topic. So I could ask them maybe a question about um, what about uh, any health care, any health issues that you've uh, experienced and how do you uh, handle those experiences? Would that work maybe? Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Um, it would be interesting to know, you know, their, about their interactions with healthcare providers. That would be very interesting because I, from what I understand, a lot of the healthcare providers in this country don't even know that this has, exists and they don't know how to talk to their patients about it mm -hmm. and how to come to them in a very loving and caring way and not be very judgmental about it. Um, so I think it would be, it would be very nice to maybe ask them, so how, how was your experience with your uh, doctor? Yeah. Uh, when you go see them on a regular basis or something to that effect, that could be like one of the questions in the topic guide or the interview guide. Um, I Actually, think it would help. even be a, like a second research question. Um, what is the ex their experience with the healthcare system or healthcare that providers? Would, what is their experience? Okay, with with healthcare providers. Yeah. Yes, really that would work. Topic. That would work because that way, um, healthcare providers can really focus on that because a lot of them don't understand. You know this happening and they don't understand what's going on but if they can hear it from someone who's a survivor of it someone who's gone through it and is living and is then i think they would help them to be able to work with their patients in the future and it also make them aware of cultural things that are happening in our society that aren't just out there right now because if i wasn't introduced to this topic by a friend of mine I would have never known it happens. And I mentioned it to my mom and she said, in my home country of Iran, some of the people go through this experience. Mm -hmm. I personally have not. So I think word of mouth, I found out about it, but what is the odds that a, just a normal 
uh, MD doctor who comes out of a medical school would even know anything about that? That would be very interesting to know as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think this is a great start. So what is your, my advice would be to, the next step would be to complete like that research design alignment table. And oh, okay. That will let you lay out each step that we've talked about um, and start getting into the literature. Cause I know there's a literature on this and I don't know how deep it is, you know, in the U S but it would be important to know that kind of the background on it. Background on what's already published. What it, do you think it would be good for us to know about the background of this in this country and the one back home in Africa, or do you think it should be more focused in this country? Oh, I would focus, I think, at least initially on the U.S. And then, you know, later you could look at Uganda and see if there's anything in English there also. Okay. So, okay. This sounds like something I can do, Dr. Lee. This sounds like, but I think it, we have to think about all of the other aspects, I think, of it, uh, maybe with IRB and stuff later on. Yeah. Um, but for now, I think it sounds like something that could be a social change topic because it's something that's happened, happening in society. Mm hmm. Yeah, I do. I think so, too. I like it. Okay. Great. All right. Thank, Thank you, you, Dr. Lee, for all your help. I appreciate it. Yeah. And thanks for talking to me. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today for Research Talk. Our music is by audionautics.com, and I'm Dr. Lee Statlander. Today's podcast was sponsored by Walden University's Center for Research Quality. Mm -hmm.